welcome to the Guidance with Grace podcast. My name is Grace, a personal trainer and nutrition coach in student well-being here at Columbus State Community College. I'm here to bring you the facts about current health and wellness trends and clear up any and all misunderstandings about various health and wellness topics. Along with expert guests, my goal is to help you discover what wellness means to you and help you make informed decisions during your health and wellness journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace. My name is Grace, and today we're going to be talking about muscle cramps and why they happen, what to do, um, and kind of just maybe understanding it a little bit more to help you handle them when they're happening and kind of the result of a muscle cramp, um, which also is called a spasm. So if you've ever had it during exercise, they can be kind of debilitating and really kind of mess up the flow of your workout if it happens during exercise. But often it can be related to other things, which we'll dig into a little bit deeper. Um, but it can kind of happen just out of nowhere. So today I have the pro Don Hawkins-Smith. Hello. And you actually, one of the reasons I wanted you to be here <laughs> to talk about this is because you teach a class that goes over this. What mm-hmm. class is it? So I cover it in actually a little bit in all of my classes. I teach um, advanced resistance training and conditioning, um, exercise physiology, and we also cover it a little bit in exercise prescription too, only because it happens so often with exercise. It's something we have to talk about. We have to cover. Um, so yeah, so yeah. I talk about it in all of them. So can you break down very briefly, kind of skim the surface of like, what is a muscle cramp? What's a muscle spasm? Are they the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. So when you are, especially during exercise, we'll kind of focus on exercise because I know that muscle cramps and muscle spasms can happen outside of exercise also, but to keep it in the wheelhouse, um, they are obviously involuntary. They're painful. They can happen out of nowhere. Um, somebody who's prone to muscle cramps or muscle, muscle spasms can have them often, but it can also happen to at any point to anybody. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. It depends on, you know, if, if you're warmed up well, if you're hydrated well, it also has to do with nutrition levels. Also, you hear about a lot of people when they get muscle cramps, they're like, Oh, I need to eat a banana. banana. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you see a lot of having like, um, like with athletes where, you know, they'll get muscle cramps and stuff and they try to, you know, they're on the field and they like go down and they like can't put any pressure on their legs because they have a hamstring cramp or something. Or pickle juice. Yeah. Pickle juice yeah. is a good, yeah. Any like those electrolytes and minerals and stuff that they're, they're missing. So basically what it is, is that, um, painful, it's a contraction of the muscle. The muscle just kind of seizes up. Um, it's, um, again, an involuntary response. It's kind of a safety thing for our bodies because it's saying, hey, something's something's not right. I'm not going to perform well mm-hmm. and I can't perform well because I'm not hydrated. I'm not fueled properly. Um, it didn't warm up properly. And so um, that's when those cramps can happen. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I've had a couple, a couple mm-hmm. in my day. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I think the most prevalent one during exercise was a few years ago. So for those of you who don't know, I do road cycling. I'm not by any means like this high advanced level. It's definitely a hobby of mine, but I have done it regularly in uh, the more recent years. And I remember specifically having cramping in my quads, right? The tops of my thighs. And boy, does that slow you down. So um, knowing how to kind of combat it when it's happening and then depending on other things that we'll talk about later, like if you're not exercising, like maybe trying to dig deep and figure out why you might be having it is definitely it's tough I, mm-hmm. Don and I know from experience not during exercise muscle cramps can happen yeah um, so so yeah so that's the simplified version um, during exercise what would you recommend like if if a muscle cramp is happening and I know like the type of exercise can totally d- change mm-hmm. your approach, like cardio versus strength. Yeah. What would you say if somebody Something's, is experiencing that? Yeah. That can immediately help alleviate it. Um, obviously to stop what you're doing, you know, stop the exercise, which a lot of times that's kind of a forced response. Anyway, your mm-hmm. body's not say that you're trying to do squats and you get a muscle cramp in, in your legs. I mean, you felt it probably when you were cycling, you had yeah. to stop. Yeah. Um, obviously that's what you want to do because you can further the damage or pain and discomfort for trying to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will try to stretch the area, which can help. Um, and then also getting, a little bit of a contraction, a controlled contraction by yourself um, in the movement. So if your hamstring, for example, or your calf is um, cramping, trying to actually put a little bit of weight onto that leg, um, trying mm. to make it, you know, make it work. Make You're it controlling it yeah. as opposed to it being and involuntary. Exactly. You're mm-hmm. trying to really make that contraction happen yourself. That can help alleviate it. Um, again, if it's something that has to do with dehydration, like you said, it, either, you know, consuming water, consuming something with electrolytes in it, the pickle juice, like what you said <sighs> with, um, uh, sodium. So that's gonna, you know, any of those, like, um, I mean, your sports drinks can help liquid IV type of thing. Um, any of that stuff can help. Um, but it does take a little bit of time, obviously, for that to really cycle through the way that you can kind of that's going to be more preventative. If you know that you're prone to muscle cramps mm-hmm. is to maybe, you know, instead of water before your workout or during it, just make sure that you have a little bit of like a sports drink type of thing with those mm-hmm. Um you know, going into, especially if you're exercising outside in the heat, um, obviously when we sweat, yeah, like that, that's, you know, drawing all of that out of our bodies. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, really kind of being proactive, um, is going to help, but during the moment, um, definitely stopping, you know, for some people, stretching does help for others. It it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to do it to see. Um, and you know, there's a slight difference, I think, with the whole side stitch if you're doing cardio oh, yeah. and you get that like yeah. tightness right in the rib cage. And mm-hmm. I've definitely had that before as well. Yeah. Do you so have any insight on that? There's a lot of different thoughts of where the side stitches come from. A lot of people think they get them because they're not in good physical shape, you know, mm-hmm. their fitness level is low. And, and that's not always the case. Um, even when I was, you know, running more often, I would get them just randomly. And a lot of times for me, what it would be is if I ate something or, um, drink water, like too close to my workout, I would get side stitches. And a lot of that is because your blood, when you exercise, your blood is shunted to the working muscles. So if I'm going for a run, if you're cycling, whatever, um, your blood's being more shunted to like your lower body. Well, you need blood to help with digestion, digestion. Yeah. And when that blood flow is diverted, 
your body's still trying to digest the food or the beverage that you've drank that you, or that you've either eaten or drank. And so that's where those side stitches a lot of the times come from. It's a lot of people think it's in the lungs or like a, mm-hmm. the diaphragm or something. But a lot of times it's just the stomach and the digestive system just trying to still do its job, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that that help. Um, and again, lowering the intensity level, walking, stuff like that usually gets um, rid of that immediately. Another thing you can do kind of beforehand is it's something you have to play with. So I know just from experience and how, how many times I kind of would, it was trial and error for sure. Um, I have to eat something about an hour before I would go for a run. And then, um, I would not be able to really drink anything about a half an hour, 20 minutes before a run. And it was Mm -hmm. always tricky because on long runs, you want to fuel or take in water or something like that. So again, when you're training, you know, we're, as runners, we're kind of taught to, you always want to use any type of intra carb source that you're bringing in or, um, you know, like the gels or the goose or like a Gatorade or something like that to really use that, like while you're training, because if you know, if it's going to cause discomfort, it's during training, not during, like if you're training for a race, mm-hmm. not during the race. Um, cause that can also cause a lot of, not just necessarily the side stitches, but an upset stomach, nausea, right. Um, GI issues. Yeah. And you don't want to want those on race day. <laughs> so no. again, it's like a trial and error kind of thing of like, okay, you know, I, I ate something 15 minutes before I went for a run maybe it needs to be 30 minutes or 45 or, or something different. Totally. Yeah. yeah or like something depending diff- on what yeah, you're eating. Exactly. So I kind of figured it out over time that an hour before for eating was fine. And then about 30 minutes, 20 mm-hmm. to 30 minutes for. Well, drinking. and another thing you kind of hit on it earlier was the whole warm up factor. Like what are you doing for your warm ups? Are they thorough enough? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found when I was getting the quad cramps when I was cycling is I, I definitely had to get my form in check and I got clips and stuff like that. And it mm-hmm. certainly helped with cycling, but I actually needed to spend more time, which it, it's similar to the warm up, but kind of that self care in between your workouts. I needed to actually do uh, what's called myofascial release foam rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go get them massage somewhere. It's the same type of thing. I needed to actually roll out the tight spots in my muscles and that alone helped tremendously. Yeah. Uh, So making sure that you're kind of taking care of yourself, whether it be warm up or also kind of just like having those rest recovery days where you do stretch, where you do kind of some of that foam rolling stuff can help too. Yeah. And anytime that you have, if you already have a tight spot or a trigger or something like that trigger point or something like that, that's going to be probably where that cramping is going to kind of rear up a little bit, especially during, during the exercise that you're doing. Right. Well, so before we switch to non-exercise muscle cramp spasm, did you want to just briefly hit on the lactic acid part of things? I think a lot of misinterpretation happens because people are like, oh, it's just lactic acid. Can you quickly define what that is for our listeners? Yeah. So lactic acid is a, um, it's, it creates an acidic environment in our muscles and it's painful, but that happens during exercise. So think like right there during the moment. Um, so think about like when you 
you're doing bicep curls and you're on, you know, your last few reps and you have that burning sensation or that Mm -hmm. painful sensation, that's kind of when that lactic acid, and it's really difficult. You have fatigue setting in. And that's when that lactic acid is really saying like, Hey, you know what? I'm making this too acidic for other contraction um, or for the contraction process um, to happen, which I'm not going to get into energy systems (laughs) and fiber types and and stuff like that, but it's just making it very, very difficult for our body to produce um, the energy or the ATP for all of that to happen um, Mm -hmm. for the muscle contraction to continue. So we know that okay, then we're going to stop at 12 reps. That's why we have to stop at so many reps, um, depending on which weight we're using is because mm-hmm. that's our body's right. It's energy. Not our ener- yeah. Our energy systems aren't designed to just let us do keep doing bicep curls all day long. You know, we've got to, right. our body's going to say, okay, this is hard. You know, like we're going to stop at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and not so, a spasm. It's not a right, cramp. Lactic yeah. acid in itself is kind of your measure to gauge the intensity of your right, workout right. in the sense of like, am I getting tired yep. type of and thing? And it's just, I mean, it's a, it's to get super sciency. It's a byproduct of glycolysis, which is an energy system that we use during exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's either, you know, with rest and recovery, you know, rest in between sets, our body is able to um, buffer out that and flush it out of our system and recover for our mm-hmm. next set or next exercise. So I want exercise. you to answer an age old question. Sure. Is that the soreness <laughs> that everybody claims <laughs> oh, that gosh. people say no. the next day? Oh, I'm so sore. It's no. that lactic acid buildup. No. It's the the lactic acid, if, if 48 hours after your workout, if you still have lactic acid buildup in your muscles, you're probably, that's, that's, that's Go not see a doctor. something. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, again, it's, it should be, um, again, depending on the exercise that you're doing, the energy system that you're doing, um, that acidic environment, your body, as soon as the exercise stops, as soon as you put those weights down, your body goes into a process where it's recovering from that. Mm-hmm. It's buffering it out. Um, it is... Um, utilizing that byproduct uh differently and so rather there's again a couple different ways that um that that would happen without getting too right too into mm-hmm. glycolysis and then the krebs cycle and cory cycle you know without getting into all of that Ooh, flashbacks from college <laughs> <laughs> and so um no the the pain the the what you feel 40, you know, the, the delayed onset muscle soreness, um, without getting too far off of like muscle cramps and stuff, but that pain that you feel, um, that's just inflammation because again, exercise creates those tiny micro trauma or those tears in the, um, in the muscle, in the sarcoplasm. And so, um, calcium leaks out and that's, that's the, it causes, uh, inflammation, which causes pain. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think our listeners will benefit from knowing that um, so we can be spreading facts. (laughs) But again, as our bodies are adapting to exercise and we've created an overload, they're going to adapt to that overload. And there are, after a while, your body won't be as sore depending on the exercise. Mm -hmm. So like if I do you know, bicep curls. Now I have to do pretty heavy bicep curls to make my biceps really, really sore. Mm-hmm. So a, a soreness is not a good indicator or an indicator of a good workout. You mm-hmm. can go for a workout and not be sore 48 hours later. It's, it's okay. Right. Um, we don't, we're not aiming for that. Right. So we don't want you to, if somebody's like, Oh, I wasn't sore. I'm not going to be like, Oh, we're going to make it harder then. Right. No, it's just like, all right, cool. Like that didn't make you sore. Great. Yeah. I have specific exercises that I know that I'm going to be like, 
Mm-hmm. This is going to hurt in a couple days. <laughs> right. Same. So let's shift the conversation to non-exercise muscle, which is more so called a spasm um, when yeah. it's not, when it's kind of just like you're sitting here and all of a sudden you have this cramping type of sensation, mm-hmm. but often they're called spasms. Yeah. I recently experienced, um, uh, yeah, it was like my first one ever. Um and it was right in the middle of my back. It was a couple months ago, mid-July. <laughs> and there was a lot of stuff going on in my in my life. And I will say, so uh, the previous episode with Jason Apt, we talked about stress and things like that. And I kind of referred to this situation. Um, but to kind of sum it all up, I was really, really stressed. Mm-hmm. And that was the cause. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of all built up over time. Yeah. And... I now know, and I'm not sure if it's just my older age, that's kind of how it resonates in my body, but like, that's what happens. Uh And I get muscle spasms in my back and I am very kind of how you mentioned earlier, like if you have trigger points and kind of just like areas that I'm more prone to having muscle spasms in that area of my back. And I have to be uh, very diligent on taking care of my muscles and also my mental health. So outside of that exercise realm, managing your stress can certainly help with muscle muscle spasms. Mm-hmm. And you, Don, you have experience with kind of some yeah. stuff too. Yeah. So I've had, um, just issues with, it was, it's mostly nerve issues with my back, um, which again, that can cause muscle spasms as well. So it's a, you right. know, a lot of different things. Um, I am a regular visitor to my chiropractic office um, yeah. for adjustments just to kind of keep everything in line back there. Um, and it's been interesting to, especially over the last, just over a year to really see how, um, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, not only with the treatment or the, the adjustments, but also other stuff that I've been doing to see how my spine has really changed and how I haven't had those issues. Because again, when your back's in spasm and when your back is out, um, it's, I mean, it's debilitating. debilitating. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if there's a better word. Like I couldn't pick up my kid. Yeah. Same. Um, I could only lay on my back on the floor, not even like on the couch or my bed. I had to be on a hard surface. I couldn't even. So my issues with my um, sciatic nerve. Mm. And so I couldn't actually flex my hip to walk. Mm. Like I couldn't lift my leg up to even just take a step when the last time that my back went out, which was fingers crossed a a long, long time ago. Um, Mm -hmm. that's when I got more serious about like, okay, it's one thing when you, when I didn't have kids and my back went out and I could lay on the couch for a couple of days until it got better. But like, I'm like, I had to call family members to come and be like, I need to get her in her crib for her nap and I can't pick her up. I can't walk up the steps. Like I, yeah, it was just, Mm -hmm. that was when I was like, I need to do something really serious about all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I have a good amount of experience, but mine is, um, like I said, yours was, you know, it definitely probably was stress related as well, but mine comes from that, um, that sciatica nerve damage and stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. I have, which is really common. Yeah. Yeah. And so really just kind of, you know, keeping that, keeping my spine in better alignment, all of that stuff has just -hmm. been really beneficial. Um, I've also not just with my lower back and the sciatica, I've had a lot of issues up with my neck as well. Um, that are muscle cramps and spasms and it's just not, Mm -hmm. not that fun. So when we talk about, you know, 
can you lay on the couch and just relax and recover or do you need to see a doctor? My go-to because a lot of people are like, do I need to see a doctor? Do I not? Like, right. That's a big decision. Well, yeah, because of, you know, how much is it going to cost? Right. And, you know, do you have insurance? Exactly. And, yeah. My go-to is if it ke- if the pain keeps you up at night then or wakes you up at night, then you should go see your doctor mm-hmm. or go see a doctor about um, any type of spasms or, you know, if you're, if you feel like you have a, a muscle that's, um, or a joint or, you know, your spine, if it's causing you that much pain, yeah, that's my rule for anything. I could be a knee injury and it's like, all right, does it, does the pain keep you up at night? Then go to your doctor. So that's my kind of across yeah. the board rule of doctor or not. Yeah. Well, and for me too, kind of still, I certainly consider that, you know, my thought is, is like, is it subsiding? Is it getting any better? Right. right yeah. You know, and for me, when, when it happened a few months ago, it was very much not subsiding. If anything, the more I try to kind of move a little bit, it got worse mm-hmm. and I would think it was getting better. And then it wasn't. And as soon as I try to like move and just sit up, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so those are kind of like major red flags. Like if you can't sleep, if it's waking you up, if it's not going away and, and you would rate it mm-hmm. on a scale from zero to 10, anything above like eight, nine, and you know, yeah. like those are, that's that higher end of yeah. like that threshold of like, uh, something might not be right. And you might actually need to go see a doctor. Um, so there's some kind of areas you can kind of think about too, when you're deciding whether or not you want to see a doctor, you know, the the onset is it kind of sudden um Mm -hmm. can you even move thinking about how it's presenting itself is important and again you know if it is keeping your if it's keeping you up at night um if you're not even able to move those are definitely uh kind of those signs of like "Eh, i should probably call my doctor even maybe go to an urgent care depending on again your financial situation insurance all that stuff definitely know what your insurance covers (laughs) if you do have insurance and whatnot Uh, because it is you're gonna have those times every now and then where you're like i don't know if i can wait to make a doctor's appointment right Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if you call your doctor and they say like, oh, we can't get you in today and you're like, I really should probably be seen today. Right. Um, yeah. Definitely. An urgent care is a, is an option. And it, it's, it's hard. We try to explain a lot of times cause I know that that financial side is really, really heavy on a lot of people. But if it's, if it's that painful, then please mm-hmm. go, go get yourself taken care of. You right. Know? Like, please especially if your if your attempts on alleviating that pain like doing a stretch or something like that mm-hmm. is not even helping yeah. or potentially making it worse uh that's definitely another area like can i relieve it on my own can i just yeah. go get an ice pack and a heating pad and alternate back right. and forth and, and solve yeah. it and for me yeah. that was not working yeah. um and that's when i did have to seek like professional medical care. Um, And then, you know, also, you know, thinking about the duration and where it's at, like, you know, tapping into those things will help you explain to the doctor if you do decide to see a medical professional, like what you're actually experiencing. Because if you just be like, my back hurts and it, you know, like figuring out how to explain it so that they can care for you better Mm -hmm. um, and more comprehensively is definitely important. And also like on that front, like letting them know what you are doing when it 
went into spasm or when it went out. Right. You know, cause there are a lot of courses of treatment that they can, or like you, you know, said, like, let them know like, Hey, I've been really, really stressed lately. Cause I mean, I carry a lot of tension in my, um, traps, my shoulder and my like neck and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. why I have issues with that area also, mm-hmm. because those are just, I'm just prone to be tense in that area. And so constantly reminding myself to but if I went to the doctor and was like oh yeah I've been really stressed and that's why my neck is killing me they need to know that right definitely well this is you know I think it's important to kind of highlight after all of this is said and done taking care of your body mm-hmm. taking care of your physical like your muscles exercising um but like supplementing those regular like lifting and cardio with kind of those active self-care days where you're kind of just stretching you know yoga can certainly be one or just kind of anything in general yeah massage right like those things are almost more important in a way for more important than your regular you know daily workouts because if you're in pain you're not gonna be able to work out right so definitely taking care of your body mental wellness as well i mean making sure that you know you're managing your stress well Mm -hmm. um because if exercise is your go-to for stress and you can't exercise because you're having you know you're going to be more stressed right yeah so So finding other outlets yep really important thank you so much for you're welcome running through all of that that was a lot (laughs) three main points muscle cramps during exercise not in exercise and then that little bit where we talked about uh, muscle soreness mm-hmm. um, after yeah. exercise. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one.